colleague here, Aaron Bolt. How's it going, Aaron? Doing great, Wilson. Glad to be on. Great, great. So where are you located? Tell me about yourself. What are you doing? So uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida, um, and I am with a, a company called Hirevergence. Um, we are a cybersecurity and staffing company. Uh, we do work on IT roles as well, kind of your, your general roles, but um, we definitely do have a, a focus on cybersecurity. Um, and the reason for that being uh, the owners of our firm um, were originally in the cybersecurity business. They were uh, in the consulting world, had a consulting firm um, that was purchased by a, a larger company, Fishnet, which is now um, Optif Security, which um, some people might be familiar with. But they, um, they saw how much money they were spending on, on staffing services and, uh, and thought it might be a, a way to kind of parlay their experience within cybersecurity. And, um, be entrepreneurs again. Awesome. So we, were, um, we were founded at the end of 2011, beginning of, uh, of 2012, and uh, headquartered here in Tampa Bay. Okay, cool. So you guys do a lot of things, and you're, you're part in the staffing uh, part of the organization. Yeah, I, I do quite a few things here. Um, I, I help a lot in our, um, our sales and marketing. Um, help with events, uh, do some recruiting here on my own. Can't quite get a, get away from that entirely, but, uh, I kind of help out where needed. Okay. Awesome. So as far as recruiting, what, what are the kinds of candidates you working with? I mean, level of experience, the skill sets, uh, what are you working with? So we, we do mostly deal with, I would say mid and senior level positions. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the time for the entry level roles, um, you know, our clients say, Hey, we can find those on our own. Um, those, you know, getting, um, you know, somebody with that kind of foot in the door type role, um, they don't really feel they, they necessarily need to pay us. But when it gets to more niche skill sets and, and more senior level things that, uh, that take more time uh, is where we can kind of come in and, and fill, the, fill the gap there. Um, again, we do focus on cybersecurity. I'd say that's uh, most of what we do, but we do your, your traditional um, Python developers and network engineers, project managers, kind of the, the standard IT roles as well. Okay, that's interesting. The, um, the industry has been really talking about like the cybersecurity shortage and maybe it's talking, maybe everybody's talking about the, the entry level positions, but you, you had said something about niche. Um, what do you, what exactly are you talking about when you say, uh, niche, niche roles for, or skill sets for, uh, the mid to senior level positions? So there's, um, I would say kind of two paths within cybersecurity. A, a lot of people will have those, um, more general roles being a, a cybersecurity analyst, you know, kind of the next tier up from there, a cybersecurity engineer or architect. Um, and, and those are still, you know, niche in and of themselves, but um, niche being more like vendor specific. So when a client has a Palo Alto firewall upgrade that they're doing and they need somebody that's, uh, you know, moving to a, the, the latest and greatest version, um, but they don't have somebody on their team and Palo Alto will charge them $300 an hour for that resource. So um, a lot of the times we'll help, um, sometimes it's consulting companies um, that don't have somebody on the bench or just don't have that skill set, um, or could be um, companies you know that that are looking for uh, a contractor for a three to six month 
uh, maybe term to, to do an upgrade. Um, so niche a lot of the time is um, kind of those, those very unique vendor specific roles. Um, maybe it's a certain IAM product that they're married to that maybe isn't the most popular one. So there's a, a limited set of uh, candidates out there. Um, but overall, there is, there is definitely a, a overall shortage of cybersecurity people in general. Um, there's hundreds of thousands of jobs I know currently open um, in the U.S., millions of jobs worldwide, and all of, the, all of the smart people coming up with the data on that say that the problem is only getting worse. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, honestly, the, the traditional career path for uh, just, I, I think most people kind of growing up, is, you know, if you want to get in the you know, a very technical, um, you know, role has been, you know, I, I go to high school, I go to college, I get a job, and I go from there. But there, there really haven't been cybersecurity degrees um, up until very recently. I think I was even talking to somebody at the University of Tampa here, and they said their program was only a few years old. So those more traditional career paths through, um, through college and then, you know, getting your job, um, in the in the professional uh, side of things, just just haven't been there. Um, then you have the the hiring managers also saying, "Hey, I need people with these skill sets. I don't have the internal staff to train people. I, I don't have three months to get somebody up and running." So they're they're always kind of chasing their tail um, that they need somebody with this skill set, but they don't. There aren't people with that skill set, or there there are, but. Uh, they cost more money than, than you have budget for. So it's, there's been definitely a disconnect within the education, um, but there's also been a disconnect, I think, in trying to, to find the people with the aptitude within your company um, and trying to find you know, programs or, or just means to train them for those roles. Um, Certifications always help, uh, but then you, you, know, you as an individual are having to spend your extra time or extra money um, doing that on your own and, and rolling the dice and hoping that that investment is worth it. Yeah, no, I, I think I definitely agree with you. The, the issue that I've always seen is that it, it is really resource intensive to train your own personnel rather than being able to get somebody with the skill set that already in place and put them on your team already i think that the uh the issue there is that there's a trade-off of cost right and then you're a specialist in getting these um these folks on board and um really really putting them in these niche roles with specific with specific skill sets in the tools that are needed and maybe even the the characteristics the leadership skills that are also needed in those roles, especially when you're talking about management positions. So, so yeah, there, so. it's it, uh, it's tough when um, it's hard to hire people. So you already usually uh, cybersecurity teams have open jobs, so they have money budgeted and work allocated for these people. So it's very hard for them to then um, take one of their senior level resources and saying, okay, you're going to spend 25 percent of your time that you don't already have. Uh, because you're doing the job of these other people that haven't been hired yet, and now you train somebody else. Um, so it's it's really just trying to you know pick the lesser of evils at that point. Yeah. So I guess going through a recruiter is is a different process, but uh, I guess a lot of people are just like 
well, why, why do I need to go through a recruiter when I could just actually look for these jobs and apply for them myself? I mean, what's, what's really the difference? So I, I would say the biggest, biggest difference um, from what I've seen are the number of roles that we handle relative to the number of roles that an internal recruiter handles. Um, you know, typically they're handling 10, 20, maybe even more roles at once. And they're just so busy that they don't, they don't have the active time or the time to actively recruit for passive candidates. So when, if I put a job, if I put 10 job posts up, I could easily get 100 applicants to all of those. So now I have 1,000 resumes that have flooded my inbox that I need to read through, I need to vet, um, you know, have those initial 15, 20 minute calls with, then I work on scheduling those things with my hiring managers. Um, there's just so much work because they have so many jobs to work on that they can't take the extra week or two weeks that it sometimes takes to find passive candidates. Um, and and we, we kind of define active recruiting as um, you know, going on the job, ports, job boards, doing your, your Boolean searches and, and um, finding profiles and resumes there or sending messages to candidates on LinkedIn. Um, more passive recruiting is, is putting your job posts up and, and waiting for those people to come to you. So speaking of like job posts and, and those skill sets that people are going to need or, or what, what companies are looking for, what are some of the, the hottest skills right now that you're seeing? Um, I, I would say in cybersecurity, everything is hot. Um, from a volume standpoint, I, I would say security analysts are probably the most hired for. Um, those are also very good for uh, people that, that are trying to get their foot in the door. Um, mm -hmm. Those aren't the, the ones that are the, the most important uh, as if the, you know, the company will be breached if something goes wrong there. Um, you know, typically they're, they're you know, looking at logs, um, responding to, uh, to incidences, and uh, you have many people on those teams. Uh, but there's, there's absolutely a need for pretty much everything across the board from your you know, IT auditors and, and pen testers, uh, people working on identity access management, firewalls, uh, application security and malware. There's, there's really no area that is, is really not uh, underserved by candidates. Well, that's really interesting. So it doesn't seem like there's any, any skills that are going away. It just seems that there's just a, a, what do you say, a million, over a million jobs that are looking to be filled with entry-level skills? Well, well, I wouldn't say entry level, but I, I think across the world it's over a million um, that are that are open. Uh, and, and actually, there's a, a pretty um, interesting, uh, I would say, tool and uh, and group called CyberSeek. It's um, through I think it's the Department of Labor and CompTIA. Um, they help um, kind of aggregate um, openings um, and, and kind of put those into little buckets as to what types of roles they are. And they also look at the types of uh, certifications that those open roles are looking for, uh, and also how many people um, that they, you know, through whatever, whatever data aggregate method that they have uh, actually have those certifications. Um, so it's, it's kind of unique to um, 
um, really delve within that the cybersecurity field and, and see where areas are lacking or see where um, there's a need for certifications where there's um, some lacking within the, the candidate pool. So companies are having a difficult time getting the right personnel on their staff. How can recruiters help? So internal recruiters um, relative to recruiters at staffing companies, um, they typically handle 10, 20, uh, even more jobs at once. And they just have a hard time really devoting the time needed to recruit on passive candidates. Um, and, and we kind of define active and passive candidates as uh, active ones are, are the ones that are out there applying to your jobs and passive ones typically are the ones that are already working, um, that are just you know, sitting back and content in their job. A lot of the time they're, they're, they're good candidates, they're better ones because they don't have to look. Um, but they're also hardest to pull away from a job, they're hardest to contact, um, they're not always you know, checking their LinkedIn. So when uh, an internal recruiter has 10 jobs even posted out there, they could get 100 applicants to those. They've got 1,000 resumes then to read through, to vet, to spend those uh, you know, initial 15, 20 minutes on a call. Then they need to start talking with their hiring manager, selling those candidates in. And their days just become so busy um, dealing with uh, those initial interviews and kind of administrative tasks that they don't have that extra you know, week sometimes. Um, you know, if we have a, a niche or senior level role, uh, we could spend a week or two uh, just to get a couple good candidates for that. Mm -hmm. um, there's such a, a skill shortage for the four candidates right now that it's, uh, it takes time. Um, and you can't just put a job up there and um, cross your fingers and, and hope that somebody comes through. Um, and I, I would say that uh, I even put up a, a senior level job and in like a few days, I got hundreds of applicants, um, which is, it's good that I have that many to look through, but there, there becomes so much noise. There people that just are clearly not qualified for it that you really, um, you can sometimes even get lost in the shuffle. Um, you know, candidates sometimes will say, you know, I applied to this job, I never heard anything back, and you're going, man, they look good. You know, wh why was that? Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of one of the, the pluses and minuses of the digital age. LinkedIn has now one-click apply. So you can just easily apply with your profile. Sometimes you have like a, a resume, um, you know, attached to your profile. So you just one-click apply, you're done. Um, when, when I was getting jobs, you know, back in the 90s, you had to find a classified ad, and then you had to dress up and look nice, and print out a resume, and drive around, and go into a store, and um, fill out an application, talk to somebody. It, it was a process. You didn't just click a button and, and, and do that. So, um, you know, in the old days, it was good because the people that actually got to you, they, they had to take some time and effort to physically deliver their resume and to find that job. And nowadays, it's great that you get a lot more candidates, but there's also a lot more noise or, or candidates that aren't seriously invested in that role. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that you're you're trading off uh, quality with quantity. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, speaking of going going to the store back in the '90s, I think we're dating ourselves here because I had to I had to do the same thing. Yep. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, jobs out there and I guess recruiters help getting through that noise. So I, I, 
if I'm a candidate, I, why should I go through a recruiter when I could just, you know, do it myself? I mean, just kind of go through the the process and make sure that I have, you know, the I guess the 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 bandwidth to go to these companies and just apply on their websites. You know, what makes going through a recruiter any different? Well, we are your, you know, in some ways we're your Drew Rosenhaus. You know, we are your agents. We don't get paid unless you get that job. Um, so we are much more highly invested in, uh, in making sure that, that you're seen. Um, you know, we, we don't just, um, you know, I know that some recruiters are, don't exactly give us a good name and they'll just take a resume and send it over to the hiring manager. They don't really have in-depth conversations with candidates, but I really do um, like to get a good understanding of their skill set. Um, I sell them in and tell that hiring manager, this is why this person is a fit. Um, and even beyond that, try to find the motivation of why they're looking for a job. If, if I have somebody from you know, Seattle that applies to a job, um, it's certain you, you certainly look at local candidates first. You know, mm -hmm. that's somebody that's moving across the country. Why would they even want to come over here? And I know internal recruiters a lot of the time might just write them off. Um, I might call them and say, you know, why are you looking to Tampa, you know, move to, move to Tampa? And, you know, it might be simply I just, you know, want to get out of this cold, wet weather. Or, you know, I have uh, in-laws that have retired there now and my, my, my uh, husband or wife wants to move there and we want to be closer to family. And um, there, there can be a lot more um, logistical reasons and, and things that make sense for that motivation. And I can tell that hiring manager that, like, um, you know, hey, they've, um, they have this planned already. It's, it's the summertime. They don't have kids in school. They, they don't own a home. They just rent. They can easily get out of that lease or their lease is about up. Um, and it's really somebody, you know, being your agent and representing you and, um, and having a relationship with that hiring manager. Um, that's, that's very key as well. If, um, uh, you know, obviously internal recruiters have that relationship as well, but they're not necessarily invested in in you more than someone else that they've looked at whereas you know we are invested in the candidates that we have so what are some of the things you think candidates should consider and expect when you know working with yourself working with recruiters obviously you said that you know there's recruiters out there that just are looking for resumes and throw them at hiring managers and you know shotgunning all of these things and hoping that you know, something sticks. So mm -hmm. what can we expect and what are some of the good things that we should be looking for? And what, what are some of the, uh, the, the things that should be red flags? Well, I, I would say, let's not, um, let's not kid ourselves looking for a job sucks. Um, no one wakes up in the morning and goes, man, I'm really looking to looking forward to talking to a recruiter today. Um, we know that uh, it's it's not a it's not a secret at all. We're uh, you know sometimes a necessary evil, um, and we're, we're not miracle workers. Um, you know we don't um, you know we don't have control over budgets. Um, there's only so much we can do. Um, but I would think that really what you should expect from recruiters is being uh, being open about the process and following through. Um, I think following through is one of the most important things. If they say they're going to call you at a certain point or, or get back to you, um, that's a, a big um, red flag when they don't, when they you know, just kind of ignore you or they say, hey, I'm going to have feedback in a week and nothing comes. Um, it, it's, it's a lot different when they say, uh, hey, look, this is going to be, uh, it's going to take a month long in this process. 
Um, the hiring manager is traveling for a couple weeks. He's on the road a lot. It might not be till next Friday when I have feedback for you. So just want to let you know that up front. It's a lot different than saying I'll get back to you when I can. Um, but knowing in the back of your head, it's going to be 10 days before I realistically have information back for you. Um, or just saying I'll, I'll be back, you know, I'll be back in touch in a couple days. Um, a couple days goes by, you still don't, still don't have feedback. Um, it's just, you know, getting kind of, you know, sloppy and cutting corners and, and just not creating a, a clear outline of what the processes would be and clear expectations. Yeah, a lot of the times that I've uh, I've talked to recruiters in the past, and I and I've I've went through several jobs successfully with recruiters, is that it's really kind of a relationship. So if it's you know if it's like a bad relationship, you're going to kind of know from the from the get go. Um, but it's really easy with that that one click. Uh, you know, go ahead and blast off your resume to you know Indeed and LinkedIn. It's really easy just for people to collect collect resumes and see what sticks. So the way that I've always uh, looked at um, working with recruiters is, hey, this is a relationship. I know that you have a job to do. I'm also looking for a role. Um, it would be uh, beneficial for us to work together. Um, I've definitely seen um, a lot of cases where I have colleagues that are just like sending resumes off without actually establishing a relationship with the recruiter. And, you know, they, they just they just waste a lot of time, really waste a lot of time. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like dating, really. Um, you know, LinkedIn is is kind of like your your Tinder. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, you can go and and swipe right, swipe swipe left all you want. Um, are you going to find a wife out of that? Oh, maybe, maybe not. Um, but it, it's it's not necessarily going to kind of come going back to the quality and, and quantity perspective. Uh, you're not necessarily always going to find the, the, uh, the best relationship there, but it is certainly a means to uh, give you many more opportunities. Yeah, LinkedIn is the professional Tinder. That's, that's <laughs> exactly, good. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I, I appreciate your time today. Uh, like I, I always give our guests about 30 to 45 seconds to you know, convey something you know, inspirational for them uh, to, to know exactly what they're walking into and how they could uh, better improve themselves. So what do you have to say? Well, I, I would like to, we've gone over a lot about, um, you know, the digital age and, and using LinkedIn to, uh, you know, for us to post jobs, to message people, to, to find passive candidates. But the thing that I would stress to everyone who wants to improve their job opportunities is you need to network. Um, the Department of Labor, um, I saw some data from a few years back, I think it was like 2017, um, said that 70% of jobs were found through networking. Um, I've seen some surveys um, done through LinkedIn that put that as high as even 85% are found through networking. Um, I've seen some other studies that said 40% of jobs are found through referrals, but only 5 to 10% of candidates that they get are through referrals. So referral candidates have a much higher rate of getting hired. Um, and it's simply trust. Um, when somebody puts their neck out on the line and says, hey, trust this person, even if they don't have all of the technical skills to, to fit that role, um, you trust that your friend or colleague uh, is, is not going to you know, refer a bad person to you and that they might have the, the aptitude, the soft skills, or just hard workers to learn. So even in the digital age, you can't get away from the human perspective on things to go out, meet people, um, see them in person. 
um, go to you know any kind of local events. Some of them are more general. Some of them might be towards your industry, but you you really can't escape that because we are still humans, and mm -hmm. a, a personal referral is always going to be a much better way of finding a job. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thank you for your time.